0: Welcome to the HSCT Warriors podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry-Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of Meaningful Conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. So good morning. Good
1: morning, Jen. How are you?
0: Oh, (laughs) You know, Barry, I'm doing great. And I'm just so grateful that you have agreed to participate in the podcast.
1: I will do my best for you. You know that.
0: I I do know that. Somehow, not even knowing you, I do know that.
1: That's exactly right.
0: That's that HSCT family, right? (laughs)
1: You got it.
0: So you found HSCT a while ago. You are how many years post-transplant now?
1: I am post-transplant 2003. Goodness. August of 2003. So I am 15 years out.
0: Amazing.
1: And I am 15 clean years out.
0: Feeling good.
1: Besides getting older, I feel great.
0: Amazing. Everything's
1: good. My life is very blessed.
0: So how did you find HSCT 15 years ago?
1: The way it worked was I I was in the middle of an exasperation, and I asked my neurologist, I said, what happens if I do not respond to the cellulose IV drips that you were giving me? What happens if my body says no? Because I noticed every time I have an exasperation and I would go to the hospital, it would take longer Longer to get rebooted, you know what I mean It was just sure. it just it went from one day to two days to three days to five days. so my last exasperation was with my vision, and my optic nerve muscles weren't coordinated together, so I went into the hospital, I got so uh IV drip uh one gram every twelve hours, and I didn't get my vision back till the fourth day, and I asked him, you know what are we gonna do if I don't respond, you know because it seems like it's taking longer. He said, we'll try a new medicine. And I said, well, that really wasn't good enough. So I just did some research on the computer, my wife and myself, and you know to see who was doing stem cell research for MS patients. And it was either Hopkins or Northwestern. And I said, no, you know, Northwestern's a little closer to home. It's in, in Chicago. So I said, let's try there. So I started looking into it. And that's when I found Kim Bracey and Dr. Burt. And they took me through it
0: amazing i mean how did you even have an inkling that stem cell was the way to go
1: well when this all was happening at the time that's when cloning first came out okay and the cloning was the issue back then i didn't know if if cloning had anything to do with stem cell at all but i just i kept looking and digging and looking and digging and you know and then i found that there is some type whether i would qualify or not i didn't know it at the time and you know and i just kept digging and the more i dug the more interested i got
0: and so how did your neurologist take that even well my
1: neurologist was very 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 helpful okay he uh he did a uh you know not a podcast but he did a uh a three-way call with dr burton chicago and what my neurologist did is he forwarded all my records to dr Burt, mm. you know because he needs all those yeah you know all my mris and how far along was i and blah 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 and, you know we did a three-way with my neurologist and he was very very helpful in fact i'm still pretty good friends with him wonderful and, you know him and i we still i've went to lunch with him a few times and he's just a great guy
0: well and great that you found that support yes so what were your symptoms like leading up to that? I mean, what was your experience with MS? Getting well, up my to experience that point?
1: With, with MS was when I was first diagnosed, this, my wife and I were flying to Las Vegas for a vacation, and and I noticed that my, uh, my left leg was tingly, like it was falling asleep on the plane. Yeah, but it, it didn't feel like it was totally asleep, just numbing asleep, right? So we got to Las Vegas and it was still, you know, I'd smack my leg and I, you know, I'd tell my wife that, you know, it's not getting better. And I said, when I get home, I'm going to go to the doctor because I was going to check with my doctor. I've never had a hernia. So I was going to go see if I had a rupture or a hernia or what was going on. Something. I went, I went to the doctors and had a physical done and everything was fine. he told me to see a neurologist and that's when he recommended a neurologist and I went to the neurologist, we did a spinal tap and an MRI and he says, "Well, we checked you for three, you know, three things. We checked you for Lou Gehrig's for MS and uh what else? I don't know what the third one was, but he says you have multiple sclerosis, you know, all the signs of it." So, I said, "I do." I said, "Hmm." So, I said, "Now what's our next step?" And he said, "Well, yeah the the lesions were active right now and they were still tingling in my left leg. So we went ahead and went right to the IV treatment and did the IV drips and of course you get better right away and then you feel everything's cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe right. he maybe he made a mistake, you know, but don't it just does not work that way. So I was on IV treatments and drips for a while, and every Friday, then he put me on Copaxin, which is a shot you give yourself in the thigh. Every Friday, I would do a shot and feel like crap all weekend, and go back to work Monday, and you know, and then act like nothing happened all weekend, and you right. know, just kind of live my life. But you know, and then I, I finally I said, this Copax is not working very well for me, and. I kept having, uh, exasperations and I would fall out of remission and go to the hospital and I would fall out of remission probably at least once, twice a year, maybe, you know, and finally it's, you know, when I had my last exasperation was with my vision, with my optic nerves and I wasn't going to let it get any further. And I looked into Dr. Burt and I, I finally hooked up with him and I went to Chicago and I, I did the evaluation with, uh, Northwestern and I didn't qualify for his protocol that he had out at the time. He said I was too healthy, yeah. you know, and I, for the protocol and he said, I'm going to have a new protocol within oh, probably six, eight months and you're still in the same shape. I will, I will contact you. Well, <clears throat> I stayed in touch with Kim Bracey over at Northwestern and. You know, Kim and Kate, they walked me through it, and I just kept bugging them, bugging them. And finally, he had a new protocol it just got approved by the FDA. And, you know, like three months later, so I went back to Chicago, and they evaluated me again for the protocol, and I qualified. And, you know, he, he sat across from me and looked at me, and I said, you know, Dr. Word, I said, I have B-positive blood. I'm a Taurus, and I'm a male. And I said, I'm ready to get this going. And that's what we did. Nice. Yeah, it was, the process with Dr. Burton in Chicago was very smooth. Um, I mean, it was a five-year protocol. You know, I had to go back to Chicago once a year for five years. Right. And I went back at my first year, and I had to get my baby shots again. So I got all the baby shots, but the one that starts with
0: an R, I don't remember what that one is. But Do you mean vaccines like rubella? Yes. Yep, rubella is correct.
1: But, you know, it's, you know what? Weird about this whole thing that we that I went through is I was a member of the MS Society at the time, and after I did my transplant, you know, and the I tried to broadcast this to the MS Society and let people know that there's hope and there's things that are coming through the grapevine and we can help everybody, you know, even just a little bit. How great Dr. Burr was in the MS Society—they blocked me right out. They didn't want anything to do with me. Wow. You know, and then I went to Congress and I spoke to Congress for about five years. you know, Did you? July 1st. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, and it's all about the the money. You know, if they had cures for, uh, you know, all these autoimmune diseases and diabetes and everything involved, our pharmaceutical industry in this country would be bankrupt. You know, and I would tell Congress that. And, you know, I spoke to them and, you know, it was it was pretty cool.
0: Well, sure. That's a great experience until it's yeah um, kind of set aside. It sounds like,
1: yeah, it was, uh, it was something when they, they flew me to to Washington and, you know, and then I, I interviewed in front of Congress and I had eight to 12 minutes to tell my story. And I, I told my story and, you know, I walked back from the podium to my desk, you know, where I was sitting down and, everybody was clapping and then they turned on the house lights and it was 15,000 people in the auditorium. Wow. And I, I sat down and, then, and then after the the speech was over, we'd go out and it's called press row and you'd go outside in the hallway and you'd be in press row and everybody would come out and be talking to you and then tell you how great, 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 and all this stuff. But you know, they tell you how great, but nobody does anything about it. Mm.
0: <clears throat> so how does that feel?
1: Um, With Congress, you mean, and doing something about it? How does it feel? They don't want to do it. It's about the money. It's all about the mighty dollar. That's my opinion, of course.
0: Sure. Well, yeah, it just makes you wonder, how did we get to this point where
1: Um, we have this treatment
0: available for so many autoimmune diseases, like you said? Oh,
1: my gosh. Yes. Tremendously. You know, and I've, I've been 16 years, you know, since I've... You know, post transplant, I do nothing. I do no shots. I do no treatment. I I take a a daily vitamin in the morning, and that's it. Hmm. You know, and it's just the way it is. How does that feel? Um, it feels great. You know, I I still um, you know, like you reach out and we speak, and I've I've spoke to a few other people, you know, out of state, and you know, and and people. You know, trying to help and, you know, I went to Chicago and talked to a few people that were in study at the time, you know, I'd go get evaluated with Dr. Burton and I'd go over to the hospital and, that. and you try to help, you know, and you get great satisfaction out of that, but it just don't seem like it moves the needle at all, if you know what I mean.
0: Sure, I definitely know what you mean. No, it's terrible.
1: It really is. And, you know, and I I think every day and I'm Catholic, you know, and I I'm not a real, real big church goer, but I do believe in God and I believe in the Catholic religion. And, you know, how how did how did God choose me out of millions of people that have this disease and are sick? How did he choose me to to do this? And I think every day I wonder, you know, I thank God. Why, you know, why did he choose me? And there's a meaning for it. There's there's something out there of why. You know, and I think, you know, Marini and you, Jen, and doing what we're doing is part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, so why was <sighs> it important for you to participate in the podcast?
1: Well, to it was very important to to let people know that there is success out there. You know, there are cures. People don't like to say, even Dr. Burt, he don't say I'm cured. But, you know, he says remission. I say cured. Cured to me is I have no symptoms. I do no treatment. I do no medicine. I do nothing. So, you know, it's I'm
0: cured. Yeah, 16 years out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and to let people know that there are, you know, there are things out there. Go get them. Do not sit back. Get off your butt and go get them.
0: Well, yeah, I think we're all energized by the news that Dr. Burt will be traveling well, to inform other clinics as they build up their protocols, but also yes. that the new clinical trial will have, I think, 24 centers across the country. Wow. Offering HSCT is amazing.
1: So you won't have to, like you were talking to me earlier, you don't have to go to Chicago. You can do it right, right. there at home, possibly. Well, know?
0: yeah, I mean, Dr. Burt, I don't know if you are even aware, but Dr. Burt is taking a year sabbatical and closing down the program at Northwestern.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. When is that happening?
0: Um, Like now. (laughs) Yeah. I think before the end of the year, he'll be done closing the doors and they're not continuing the program at Northwestern at least in the coming year. Right. I mean, it's a teaching hospital and he had his protocol and he had his research dollars that funded his operation. Yeah. Sure. Uh, he's shutting down the trial, like the ongoing, the newest well, trial. Well, And I,
1: I didn't know that. That's that's really and really it's it's you know Dr. Burr's done such a great job, but it's kind of sad. Oh, it's you know, very sad. But it's, I
0: know. but hopeful in a way. If he will be, the word on the street is that he'll be consulting with other clinics as they develop right. their own protocol. Well,
1: um, I have his cell phone, so I'm going to have to call
0: him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and we, I let Kate Quigley know anyway in Chicago. Um,
1: oh, yeah. That, what a blessing. She's a beautiful lady. Yeah.
0: Well, and she's been right there by his side the whole time, right?
1: Yep. Kate's been the right hand nurse for a long so, time.
0: Yeah. When I talk with her, I let her know about the podcast, certainly. But then also, we have started a nonprofit to help promote awareness of HSCT as an alternative treatment for autoimmune disease. And we've got folks lined up across the country to participate as volunteers in our signature program we like to call Talk to a Warrior, where people can sign up for an hour conversation with just to get questions answered. So when they do find HSCT as an option for them, they right, can, you know, calm their mind, or sure.
1: Now, are you going to? Is it are people going to be able to call in on the program?
0: Well, not the pot, Like this, so the podcast I started, yeah, um, which will stay kind of its own thing, and then the nonprofit has evolved out of that based on continuing conversations with people that I've interviewed, and just that right. ongoing desire to help people and get the word out there. So anyway, wow. if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you on the team.
1: Well, I would love to be at the top of your team. and We can talk more in depth on this and kind of go from there. I that love that great. idea.
0: Yeah. Well, and people I'm sure would be so informed by your experience 16 yeah, years and, out.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> if I can share, I can share. I'm, I'm a great sharer. You know, I, I did. Uh, I did the thing for Washington, D.C. They sent out a camera crew and they they came out in one of my videos, if you, when you Google my name, you'll see there's a couple of videos on there, you know, and one of them is, uh, where they came out and they filmed me for 48 hours. You know, they put me on a wireless mic and they filmed me for 48 hours, you know, at work. And I coach a varsity high school hockey team and they filmed me at the hockey and then they filmed me at dinner. They filmed me all for 48 hours. and, Jen, I don't know if you've ever been on a wireless mic no, before, No. a wireless microphone, and knowing that you're being recorded. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Jen, when I I pulled out and, on my driveway, and if that guy's going to cut me off, I just let him go. You, know, <laughs> you don't say a word because you know you're being recorded. And it sets your mind to a whole different evaluation because you're not going to pop right off at the guy.
0: That's funny
1: yeah it was it was pretty cool they came out and, and did that recording and then you know put it on my you know if you google barry Gowdy you'll see it on there so it's
0: pretty i'll neat. have to google you
1: yeah google me it's pretty neat yeah, yeah i did not i have not
0: i've i came into this fresh not knowing anything about you
1: oh really oh you had to google me google my name i got a lot of stuff out there they get they film me in chicago and walking through the hospital the first one they buy uh who did it? JAMA, Journal of American Medical Associations. Mm-hmm. They did a skid on me there in Chicago. And then Washington sent somebody out and they filmed me for 48 hours.
0: It was pretty cool. Nice. What about yeah. your most memorable experience with HSCT? Like actually going through it? Oh, uh, Going
1: through it was, I really, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't scared. Okay, I wasn't frightened. I knew what I wanted to do, and I was so focused on doing this. But the time frame, you know, when you're in the hospital and you have the chemo, and then they come in and they take the harvested stem cells and they put them back in. And once they go into your body, you know, they have to circulate through your body and graft on your bone marrow. And it takes about 8 to 12 days for that to happen. And then once your immune system is high enough, they release you to an apartment. At least they did me in Chicago. And the most memorable part was, well, you know, my the the priest would come in every morning and he'd have his mask on and he would say a prayer to get these get these soldiers marching in my blood, you know. And, and once my once my count got high enough, you know, it, it felt good. I mean, I started feeling good and I was believing what was going on and you know, it it just just the feeling, the feeling of success. You know what I mean? You're, you're feeling that. You can beat it. Nice. You know, you, you can.
0: Like a confidence.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, I I remember a, a story. I was the first night I got released from sh- the hospital in Chicago, and they put me into an apartment at the Renaissance, or not apartment, a uh, or Embassy Suites in, in downtown Chicago, and I had to go back to my hotel. Well, the first night I went back to my hotel, you know, I was laying in bed and. In, in, And I I woke up at three in the morning and I was sweating so bad that I wonder what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sweating. I don't know what's going on. There's nobody here to ask. There's nobody to call. It's three in the morning. Right. So I'm thinking, what do I do here? You know? And I've, I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to walk to Walgreens, you know, where Walgreens is in downtown Chicago right there on Michigan. Mm. So I said, you know what, I'm going to walk down there and I'm going to get some aspirin. And I'm going to take some baby aspirin and I'm going to see, you know, how I feel. So I walked into Walgreens at three in the morning. I had a mask on. The guard was there. And I, I told the guard, wow. I said, dude, I'm not here to do nothing. I'm okay. just here to buy some aspirin, man. You know, so I bought aspirin I came back. And I, I finally, you know, and Dr. Bird always said, he said, if you have a temperature, go back to the hospital. Okay, so I took my temperature, and I was 98.3. Wow. And I remember that number, so I didn't have a temperature. Okay? But you were sweating. But I was sweating. So I finally took two aspirin. I laid down, and I, I went to sleep. I woke up about, you know, in the morning, ended up, and I called Dr. Bernard at 8 a.m., and I said, you know, I had a real weird experience last night. I said, you told me that if I had a temperature, you know, that I was to go right back to the hospital. But I didn't have a temperature, but I was sweating real bad. Okay. And it was, it was like, what do I do? So I told him what I did. And he said, what was going on was your body was sweating out the chemo, more of the chemo and the drugs and everything you went through. That's was what was going on. I said, well, you told me, what to do if I had a temperature. He didn't tell me what to do if I start sweating right. or anything, you know? But I remember that experience with him, and he was right there at 8 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, he walked me through it, and he told me. But that was that was the only scary part that I went through, I Well, think.
0: sure. I remember sweating profusely in the hospital. Oh, you sweat
1: like a little pig, and you lay there, and sh- everything was was sweating and I didn't know what to do except take my temperature and I didn't have (laughs) one. Right. So now what do I do? (laughs) Well, nurses,
0: (laughs) nurses in Chicago, let me know it might, that it was a good sign that it was part of the engraftment process.
1: Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah. You're sweating out, you're sweating out all the extra crap that you have. All
0: those toxins. And then, yeah. Well, and just growing that new immune system, right. And taking hold.
1: Yeah. And then about the, about the third day I was in the apartment, I was, you know, I'd go there from the apartment. I had a pick line still under my arm, you know, and I would walk to the hospital and I would have them draw blood every day and check my blood. And I was walking, you know, walking from my room to the hospital and I come to a street and I'm going across and A guy almost hit me in a car and it was a cab driver. He jumps out of the car and he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, Dude, you can't run me over right now. You don't know what I've been through, right?
0: (laughs) I deserve to be here.
1: (laughs) Oh no, that was funny. Wow. Yeah.
0: What have I mean, it sounds like you went through a very different (laughs) protocol type experience in terms of staying nearby and not necessarily being in the hospital the whole time. What or some of the essential components for you during that whole experience in terms of staying well?
1: Well, you stay well, you, you just, um, obviously you, you eat properly. You just, you gotta watch, God, you gotta really watch the people you're around and if anybody's mm. coughing, sneezing, whatever, you just can't catch. The first year is very, very, you gotta take care of yourself, you know? And that's what I've done. I mean, I eat no red meat. You know, I think that, God, you just got to take care of yourself a little better, you know.
0: Oh, it's so true.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things you just, you watch. I mean, I don't drink, I don't smoke. I just, you know, I I live my, I live my life. I work hard, you know, and I, I just want to give back to this uh, experience I've been through to Dr. Burton. His, you know, his success he's had because there's, you know, people got to know it.
0: Well, people don't deserve to suffer. Oh,
1: God, no. But, Jen, people think they can beat it. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. (laughs) They think they can and they can't, not without help. Right. You have to destroy that that bug that's in your system and get rid of it, you know, start over. So I tell everybody now I'm only 16. My immune system is only 16 years old. So (laughs) I'm still, you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're young.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm right so young. Uh,
0: well, yeah, so how has recovery been going? Like um, supporting yourself in those ways? Yeah, did you ever have any complications?
1: I never did. I never did. The complications? That's phenomenal. No, I I I coach a varsity high school hockey team here in the, in the city and you know, and I I I do that and I'm on the ice every day with them skating and I just, you know, yeah. I yeah, there were no complications really.
0: That's excellent.
1: Yeah, I'm very lucky. It's a story that that most people that you won't be, believe unless you experience it. Right? Yeah. And there's only one person and that's my wife who can experience the bad and the good, you know, she can tell you.
0: Sure. Well, what was her experience like as caregiver?
1: Oh gosh, it was she is a um she's an HR director for the one of the cities here south of Detroit and she uh she's very um what's the word? She 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 goes by the book. She would be on the phone with Kim and Dr. Burt and Kate more than I would. You know, and she would ask you know, questions and she lives right by the book and she believes everything that they say. And she pushed me to make sure I didn't drift offline, if you know what I mean. Mm. In other words, you're supposed to do this now and you're going to do it. And you're going to, you know, you're going to do this and take this and, you know, which was good.
0: That's nice to have that support.
1: Yeah, she's obviously it's your best friend and you have to believe that they're there to help you
0: and go from there. Sure. Well, did she ever have any doubts or reservations? It sounds like you you had a lot of confidence going into it. I think, I think she did
1: because she she had the, you know, the not knowing. Sure. You know what I mean? She didn't know. And she, she didn't believe because she didn't have MS. She's only going by what I'm saying. She always knows that she believes I'm going to make the right decision. And if that's the right decision, I mean, she was right behind me to do it, you know, but I think if you don't have an autoimmune disease, it's hard for that person to accept, you know, what you're going through and what you're doing.
0: Well, there's so much that's invisible, right? Oh,
1: God, yeah. God, yeah. God, I remember doing that Copaxon shot on Friday nights. I would give it to myself in the thigh, and I'd feel like shit all weekend, and I hated that. Yeah, horrible. Monday, I'd start feeling better, and guess what? Time to go back to work. Right.
0: And that's a battle, right? And that's the invisible. Oh my God! Aspect yeah, it is. that it's so hard for people to see.
1: Yes, very much so. But and then she saw, she knew, she experienced what I went through, and that was good. And she knew.
0: And so then, like, did she get jump on board with HSCT and supporting? Oh you my them? God! Yeah, she. Uh,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, she. Uh, she was right on. She was right there, and she's right there right now, still today. If I. You know, if I ever go through anything or need any push, she'll do it for me. So, which I really don't, because you know, as Tauruses, we uh,
0: we go right through <laughs> it. <laughs> you know that. Strong-willed indeed. Oh my God! I guess. So, what could yeah. you offer as advice to anyone living with MS right now, based on your experience? Yeah, well. <sighs>
1: Don't believe that you can beat it without help, okay, because people think when they fall in a remission state that they've beaten it, and you cannot beat it. Please reach out and get help, okay, and ask for help, okay, and don't be don't hesitate if not, because once the damage is done, Jen, you know the damage is there permanently. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't reboot the damage. The damage is there. If you wait and wait and wait and keep having exasperations, you're going to be in a wheelchair.
0: That right? damage, right, is so hard to reverse.
1: Yes. You, I don't know if you really can fully, but,
0: yeah, just, to, you
1: know, there's, there's help there. There's help there, and please ask for help ask for help and go get it, you know, and, you know, you will feel a ton better. (laughs) I mean, you'll feel great.
0: Sounds like you certainly feel great.
1: You know, I do. And I'm very, um, I'm very appreciative of what was offered to me through Northwestern and Dr. Burt and, uh, and Jen, even through you to try to get this word out to people and, and knowing it's, it's something that, you know, people can only hear it so much, but you got to go do it, you know.
0: And keep telling the story.
1: The this, this story you can tell over and over and over. But, you know, get off your butt and go do it. <laughs> get off do it. If you need help, guess what? Jen, you have a phone number. I have a phone number. Call us. Exactly. We'll help you. Exactly.
0: Yeah, we will. And it's great to know that so many clinics are going to be popping up across the country. So hopefully this yeah, will be more accessible to people.
1: And I'd like to know more about that as it goes on too. you know, I don't, um, I wasn't aware of the Dr. Burt situation and I will definitely reach out to him probably within the next week or so and, you know, and just see what's going on and see if I can support it in any way.
0: That'd be amazing. Uh, Yeah. So what about a superpower that you gained from your experience with HSCT?
1: A superpower that I gained? Mm-hmm. Gosh, the superpower that I gained is Wow, that's a great
0: question. <laughs> well, I mean, super... we are we are powerful as humans, right? Well
1: the, and the superpower, Jen, is is the belief. Don't you think that's the most thing is believing that you gotta believe it before you do it you know i just, wow the superpower is the key right there wow that's a great question
0: and, i mean do you carry that superpower with you now on a daily oh, basis i carry it every i carry it every day
1: yeah every day of my life i mean it's yeah, this, this, <laughs> heck yeah. And I, I really don't know how to express that, but it's, it's, it's in me as a person. It's in my soul. It's in my heart. It's knowing what's going on. You know, my belief, my belief that I, I
0: did it. Living example.
1: Oh my God, you are correct. You know, every every day we get home and I get home from work and my wife and myself, I'll always ask her and she'll ask me and she'll say, what was the best part about your day? You know, and I'll I'll say, because when somebody ever asks you that, you got to sit and really think about what was the best part about your day. You know, and the best part about my day so far today is knowing that we can get our word out to some people and, and hopefully it will help. You know, because this is a nationwide problem. <clears throat> Jen, I think you're doing the
0: right thing. Oh, well, you're doing the right thing in sharing your story, right? I mean, at 16 years out, you could probably just go on your way and never really talk about this again.
1: But that's not the right thing to do.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: I think anybody who would ever do that wouldn't go through what we went through.
0: Right, right. Do you find yourself do Yeah, do you find yourself sharing your story? Um, I find myself
1: I I listen twice as much as I talk and I listen to what people say and what people do and then if they you know, they need me to help Or ask me, I will, you know, but yeah, I share quite a
0: bit. I was at Trader Joe's the other day after, well, Tuesday, so two days Uh ago. And I had just been in physical therapy, so I was a little worn out. And by the time I get through Trader Joe's, I'm dragging. So I pull out my trekking pole and secure it while she's going through my cart and bagging things. And she's like, are you feeling okay? I said, yeah, you know, other than this head cold. It's just really got me down the last couple of weeks. And, you know, but that's okay because I have a young immune system and she's looking at me and I said, yeah, I had a stem cell transplant two years ago. And she's like, what? Just blown away. Right. And so well, then people
1: I, people don't believe they don't know. No,
0: they don't get it.
1: And I found out when we do, when we do our story, you know, I start off short depending on how far How they respond, how they respond is how much more of a story I give them. Mm. You know, I'm not just going to blow smoke, if you know what I mean. I'm going to fill their head with as much information as they want to obtain.
0: Well, and what I've found is so many people know someone suffering with autoimmune disease.
1: Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, you are correct.
0: So the more we can get the word out there, though, at least the more aware people will become of their options.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So, what are you grateful for about your experience um, with HSCT?
1: I'm grateful that that God gave me the blessing to oh, gosh, I'm great. There's we don't have enough time. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm grateful for the the whole opportunity to somebody gave me the opportunity to get better. And if somebody gives you an opportunity to get better and you don't do it, you don't deserve to get better. But if you do it and you follow what they say, because they're professionals, they know then you're going to get better. And then, you know, you're, then you're grateful. You're grateful that you didn't wait and you, you went through with it. Wow. That's yeah. That's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that Dr. Burt gave me the opportunity. I got my, down my i's and cross my t's in life and that's what you gotta do
0: yeah being shut down the first time though can be so discouraging
1: yeah and it was you know (laughs) he told me i didn't qualify so what the hell do you mean i don't qualify (laughs) you know and he told me and he explained it to me you're right you know you're on this part of the scale and my protocol is this part of the scale and you're just a little off and you're too healthy and i said okay so we'll wait i waited and boom it happened (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, and that's wouldn't it be great if people could just receive HSCT as that frontline standard of care?
1: And yes, and that's what I've told Congress. Why? Why, why, why? You know, and it's one of those things. It should be a standard way of care. You are correct.
0: So, like, have you met with your state representatives even and continued the conversation? Or did
1: did I've reached out to them and, um, a couple of them here and I've told my story, but, but then it just seems like, you know, after 16 years being, you know, post, uh, doing my transplant, they just, they just don't listen. I mean, they listen, but they don't proceed forward and do anything else about it. The state representatives are like the MS society. They don't believe mm. that you're cured.
0: Not sure. <laughs> so. I wonder how, how Selma Blair might help us elevate the conversation. Yeah, that might work. Just with the awareness anyway. Yeah, I agree. Because that woman at Trader Joe's, as I'm talking, (laughs) I said, do you know Selma Blair? And she's like, yeah. I said, well, I had the same thing that she went through. Same doctor. I just went through it two years ago. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I saw her story on Good Morning America.
1: Yes, yes.
0: I said, well, there's more people that deserve the treatment.
1: Oh my god, yes sir are.
0: And we can't stop talking about it.
1: Right. You are correct.
0: So what would you say if you were in front of Congress today or in front of even the pharmaceutical companies? Like
1: Well Jen, what I would tell them is, you know, I was I was here speaking to you ten years ago or five years, or whatever the years are, eight years, seven, whatever it is, and I spoke to you for three years in a row. And I'm 16 years out right now, and look, just look. I mean, I'm not no bodybuilder, weightlifter or anything, but I'm in great, great shape. I mean, I'm not suffering from MS. I'm not suffering from an autoimmune disease. And there are are cures, there are help, and we need you. We need you to push this through because I guarantee you in your lifetime, you are going to know somebody who's involved with an autoimmune disease. Yeah, and you well, can help them,
0: <laughs> right? Right, and help the thousands of people suffering. Oh my gosh, yes, it's quite maddening, really, to think yes. the almighty dollar, as you said, right, is See, more oh valuable almighty, somehow.
1: Oh my gosh, it is than life,
0: or the contributions li- that people could make, right? Like, right. I mean, you're coaching a high school team. That's and yeah. that's admirable in and of itself, just the patience that that takes and dedication. and.
1: Yeah, and you know what? And I don't have no kids that play hockey, and it's just one of those things I played my whole life, and I love giving back to the game, and that's what we do. And, that's and it's what's good exercise. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. It keeps me active.
0: I certainly could not be on a pair of ice skates.
1: Oh, you will someday. I'll get your butt out there once we get your legs together.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, that'd be real nice.
1: Good. So, Jen, when am I going to meet you? Are you married? Family? What's going on here? I
0: am married. I've been with okay. my husband since um, the end of 2000. So oh, so it'll be 19 time. years at the end of this year. Um, Yay. We have a nine-year-old daughter. And so I was diagnosed with MS the day before I found out I was pregnant.
1: Oh, oh my God.
0: Yeah. And so I had been managing symptoms fine. And then once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, so I just need to focus on being healthy. And that was just my focus through pregnancy and was healthy for a good three years after pregnancy. And then I started the MS drugs and they made me a lot worse real fast. Really? So I was hiking like five mile trails the weekend I started Federa in 2013. And uh-huh. I mean, immediate, just within weeks, my walking went downhill. We actually went to Michigan that year. Um, really? Yeah. And I hiked the sand dunes, but Federa started just dragging me down. And so my primary care doctor was like, well, there's got to be something else going on. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm fine. I've got a diagnosis. I'm on meds. You know, we'll just see how this plays out. And she's like, I really think you've got Lyme disease or something else going on because you shouldn't be getting worse. You're on these drugs and they should be helping you. Correct. So we did the blood work and sure enough, I have six of the eight antibodies associated with Lyme disease. Right. So that was probably the infection that caused my immune system to turn on itself. Um, right. Ooh. And, yeah, and
1: they don't really know what causes it, but right. They try to think. Yeah, go
0: ahead. And so I did it like a year of antibiotics and some of the antibiotics I was on, they actually used to treat MS in Canada. And so that felt good to be off. Like I I had been on Tysabri for a good five months, but I was getting worse on those drugs because they suppress your immune system so much. Yes, they do. And so I got off the Tysabri. I just refused it. And um, went to Columbia University, and that's where they were like, yeah, you have both. Because I started questioning, like, do I really even have MS? Lyme disease can mimic it, and what is going on with me? So I went to Columbia, and they confirmed it's both MS and Lyme disease. MS probably caused by the Lyme disease. You need to finish up the antibiotics and go back home. I would never done steroids for the MS. Now,
1: now, how long How long did this go on? What was the? Is this like one year?
0: So I was diagnosed in 2010 and I didn't start MS drugs until 2013 when tech Fidera came on the market. And I did that for a okay. year and yeah. I still had new lesions and I was still progressing. So we switched to Tysabri and what 20... mm-hmm, 2014, 2015 is when we found the Lyme disease and I said, all right, I'm stopping the Tysabri. I did a year of antibiotics and in 2016 is when I found HSCT and went for evaluation in July of 2016. And Dr. Burt took one look at me and was like, you're absolutely qualified. You'd be great candidate. And so, <laughs> yay! Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And then through all, like I didn't get to go back until November for the testing and evaluation component and insurance approved me for transplant and then a week later changed their mind and so then I fought them until I went back in May for another evaluation with Dr. Burt just to like hopefully make the case to insurance that hey I'm getting worse I need this now more than ever and sure enough that's when my MRIs didn't show any activity and he said you're probably transitioning to secondary progressive you need this within the year or I'm not going to be able to help you. Wow. And so then I had to go to family to raise the money, and we came up with $125,000 and paid out of pocket. Wow. And he treated me off study in October of 2017. So it was a full year plus past the evaluation time that I, you know, had to wait, if you will.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Very frustrating. but crazy, yeah. Well, it's
0: not unlike... So many stories out there, you know, my my story is someone else's story and there's so many people striving to get HSCT who just can't come up with the money or travel expenses now to go out of the country. You know, if they don't qualify for a clinical trial here in the States, they've got to pack up and head to Mexico or Russia or somewhere else that will help them. And that's tragedy, right? Oh, my God, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine doing that. And it happens all the time. I know. And Congress continues to yeah. let this fade away.
1: Uh, they tilt their heads. you know that.
0: It's maddening.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: So, yeah, like in the U.K., you can get HSCT now as part of the NHS system, so it's completely covered and full. Which is amazing. <laughs>
1: makes you wonder.
0: Well, it, yeah, it makes you wonder if you want to move out of the country. Yeah. Um, but so many people that are struggling to get this care. Australia, ago, too. Yeah. How long ago did you go through
1: your transplant? 2017, October 2017. So
0: October exactly 2017. two years and a couple of days. Yeah. My birthday two is the 18th. Wow. October 18th. What's your birthday is your happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. When I was in Chicago, I could only eat five things off the menu. <laughs> oh, it was man. miserable. And thankfully, my husband would just like run to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or whatever and get yeah, an avocado or like, God. because I was self-pay, I, I was trying to trim costs right at every corner. And so when my yes. potassium levels were low and they were bringing me in a supplement every day, I said, well, what if I just ate a banana or an avocado every day Would that? And sure enough, I got my own levels up. To where I didn't need that potassium supplement anymore because I just just simply ate an avocado every day.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've ever ate an avocado. My wife buys them all the time.
0: They're amazing for you.
1: Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, then how about if you and I stay in touch um, with each other? I want to talk to my wife about what we just discussed and went through here today. And I'm sure she will be more than interested in talking with you. Oh, that'd be amazing. And then we can kind of, if you need any other help with anything, please reach out. Okay.
0: Oh, we will. And I'll be sure to send you more information about. Yeah. Become a, a warrior on the other end of the line for more people. Yeah.
1: You got it. And watch those two videos. Let me know what you think.
0: Oh, I can't wait to Google Barry Gowdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All righty. Thank Are you. we all set
0: there, Jen? Yeah. Thank, thank you so you much for participating. And bless
1: you. And just speaking to you today is. Uh, has made my day and it's the best part of the day right now and I'll be talking about this the rest of the day.
0: Well, I appreciate it and I appreciate you. All the best to you and continued health and wellness and continue that inspiration for others. Thank you and stay in touch. Yes, take good care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye, Barry. Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Alletzelzer for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment, share your story. We'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well.